and welcome to the Sport to Do podcast. Today, I'll be taking a look at the career of Mr. Padre, Tony Gwynn. I'll talk about college athletics, a bunch of hits, and why the number two is a secret number of the day. Enjoy the show. Anthony Keith Gwynn Sr. was born May 9, 1960 in Los Angeles, California. He was nine when his parents decided they would move from their apartment and buy a house in Long Beach, a location they chose because of their schools, parks, and youth sports options throughout the year. He grew up with an older brother, Charles Jr., who played college baseball and became a teacher, and a younger brother, Chris, who also became an MLB player. He spent most of his childhood playing his favorite sport, basketball. Gwynn's father encouraged his sons to play baseball in the makeshift field that he assembled in their backyard. Growing up, he attended plenty of Los Angeles Dodgers games and watched his hero, Willie Davis, the Dodgers outfielder, have twice as many stolen bases as home runs in his career. Gwynn admired Davis for being black, left-handed, and aggressive but under control. He respected Davis's work habits as well. Unlike other kids that tracked home run hitters, Gwynn checked the box scores in the newspaper every morning to follow high-average hitters like Pete Rose, George Brett, and Rod Carew. Gwynn attended Long Beach Polytechnic High School, which was a high-profile school in sports. He was a two-sport star in both basketball and baseball. In his final two years, his Jackrabbit baseball teams were combined 3, 25, and 2 in the league. Yes, Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn's high school baseball team only won three games the last two years of his high school, while the basketball teams went 53-6 and six and twice reaching the California Interscholastic Federation Southern Section 4A championship game. Oh. Gwynn had considered quitting baseball as a senior to concentrate on basketball, but his mother talked him out of it. She said it might be something down the road and that I might be sorry later if I didn't play, recalled Gwynn. As a junior, he was the starting point guard of Pauly's basketball team that went 30-1 and and won the Southern Section 4A title. The final was played before over 10,000 fans at Long Beach Arena, where Gwynn scored 10 points in the 69-50 victory over Buena Aventura. His teammates included Michael Wiley, who later became a professional player in the NBA. In her senior year, Pauly went 23-7 and again advanced to the championship round in spite of finishing third in the Moore League. Their bid for a second straight title ended with a 57-50 loss to Pasadena. Gwynn averaged 10.3 points and totaled 178 assists for the season, and he was named to the All-CIF Southern Section second team. After the season, he switched to baseball, whose season was already underway. Despite his shortened season, he earned first-team All-Southern Section honors after batting 563. Pauly's baseball team's struggles taught him to remain focused and continue to execute and stay productive. Gwynn received scholarship offers to play college basketball, but none for college baseball. He wanted to play both sports at Cal State Fullerton, which was okay by basketball coach Bobby Dye, but baseball coach Augie Garrido did not believe an athlete could handle both sports and college. San Diego State's basketball coach Tim Vise wanted Gwynn to commit to playing two years of basketball before playing baseball. Gwynn also had an offer from Texas Christian University. However, he was told that he would be the first black player in 30 years, which ruled them out from his consideration. He chose to attend San Diego State, calling it the best option I had. Gwynn was a two-sport star with San Diego State, playing three seasons of baseball and four of basketball. He was a two-time All-American outfielder in his final two seasons, where he led the team in hitting. A skilled playmaker in basketball, he set multiple school records for assists. He was the only player in the history of the WAC, which is the Western Athletic Conference, to earn all-conference honors in two sports. In baseball, Gwynn was primarily a left fielder in DH at San Diego State. Gwynn hit 301 in his first season, but said he stunk defensively. In 1980, Gwynn hit 423 with six home runs and 29 RBIs and was named third-team All-American by Baseball News. 
The next season, he was first-team All-American after batting 416 with 11 home runs and 62 RBI. He's also named a first-team All-WAC outfielder. In his three years, he had a career average of 398, and the team went 146, 61, and 4, just a little bit better than his high school days. Playing basketball, Gwyn set Aztec basketball records for assists in a game, season, and career. He was twice named to the All-WAC second team, and he averaged 8.8 points per game his senior year. Playing point guard developed Gwyn's baseball skills, as the dribbling strengthened his wrists, avoiding what he called slow bat syndrome, and basketball taught him to be quick, which improved his base running. He could dunk, though he was unable to palm the ball with his small hands. Gwyn indirectly received exposure from baseball scouts watching SDSU that were interested in a teammate. Also on the Aztecs baseball team was Casey McKeon, son of Jack McKeon, who was a San Diego Padres manager at the time. Given his son's involvement, McKeon often went to Aztec games. He was initially interested in seeing that previous teammate, but became more impressed by Gwen after seeing him in an exhibition game between the Aztecs and the Padres. Padres selected Gwen in the third round of the 1981 MLB draft, with the 58th overall pick. He had gone to Padres games while he was at San Diego State, and would sit there thinking that they had the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen in my life. McKeon had wanted to take Gwen with the Padres' first pick, but they chose two other players in the first round and another in the second round. McKeon threatened to walk out of the draft room had San Diego not selected him in the third round. It's time for the secret number of the day. The secret number of the day is an obscure or interesting fact from Tony's career. Today's secret number is 2, and the number takes us to the same day he was drafted by the Padres. Later that same day, Gwyn was also selected by the San Diego Clippers in the 10th round of the NBA draft becoming the first athlete ever to be drafted by two different leagues in the same day. According to then Clippers general manager Ted Podoleski, Gwynn might have gone as high as the sixth round if he was not a baseball player. Gwynn chose to play baseball with the Padres in what he termed as a practical decision, citing his physical battles pushing and fighting against larger players while playing whack basketball. He led the minor leagues with a 331 batting average and added 12 homers and 17 stolen bases in just 42 games for Walla Walla, San Diego's Class A minor league affiliate, earning him MVP honors for the league in 1981. He finished the season in AA with Emerio for 23 games while batting 462. Gwynn participated at spring training with San Diego in 1982 and hit an impressive 375. However, the Padres were set in the outfield with veterans Gene Richards, Rupert Jones, and Sixto Lizcano and Gwynn began the season with Triple-A Hawaii. He was batting 328 in 93 games with the Islanders when he was promoted and debuted for the Padres on July 19, 1982. He starred in center field against the Philadelphia Phillies in place of a slumping Jones. In his fourth at-bat, Gwynn got his first major league hit, a double. Pete Rose, who was the Phillies' first baseman, congratulated Gwynn and told him, Congratulations, don't catch me in one night. About that moment, Gwynn said, Congratulations was enough, but the don't catch me in one night thing really stuck. And I just remember standing there thinking, God, wouldn't it be great to have a career like he did? It's cool how all these guys in these podcasts are overlapping. I've now talked about Pete Rose in two different podcasts that it wasn't his own. Gwynn finished his rookie season batting only 298 in 54 games, the only season in his career he hit below 300. His 15-game hitting streak was the longest on the team that season. Gwynn re-injured his wrist playing winter ball in Puerto Rico and started the 1983 season on the DL. He missed the first two months of the season and struggled after his return, and his average fell as low as 229 by July 29th. 
He asked his wife to record the games before a road trip, and he began using video recording to review his at-bats. After looking at the tapes and correcting his swing during batting practice, he became a believer in using video. He said video turned around my career. He heated up to a 309 average for a shortened season, and his 25-game hitting streak set a Padres record. For the second straight season, San Diego finished with a 500 record. In his first full season in 1984, San Diego won their first NL West title. Gwynn was elected to start in his first All-Star game, and he won his first batting title with a 351 average along with 71 RBIs and 33 stolen bases. He had only 23 strikeouts and 606 at-bats. He finished third in the balloting for the National League MVP behind Chicago Cubs winner Ryan Sandberg and runner-up Keith Hernandez of the New York Mets. He had 213 hits, breaking the Padres' record of 194 set by Richards in 1980. Gwynn hit second in the Padres' batting order behind Alan Wiggins and benefited from the higher number of fastballs opposing pitchers threw in response to the speedy leadoff hitter being on base. Wiggins' speed also disrupted the defense and opened up holes that Gwynn was able to exploit for hits. He hit above 400 when Wiggins was on base ahead of him. Anybody could hit a fastball, said Gwynn. The duo was one of the biggest reasons behind San Diego's success. They could score fast with Wiggins getting on first, stealing second, and Gwynn singling him home. Gwynn batted 410 with runners in scoring position, and manager Dick Williams said his records indicated that Gwynn had the best RBI percentage on the team. In the playoffs, the Padres won the first NL pennant in its team history, defeating the Cubs in the National League Championship Series, before losing in the World Series to the Detroit Tigers. Gwynn batted 368 in the NLCS, and his one-out single in the bottom of the ninth in Game 4 set up Steve Garvey's game-winning homer. Gwynn hit 263 in the World Series and flew out to Tigers left fielder Larry Herndon for the final out of the Vault Classic. During the offseason, Gwynn took less money to stay in San Diego by signing a six-year, $4.6 million contract with the Padres. Gwynn played a career-high 160 games in 1986, when he led NL position players in wins above replacement, or war. He scored 100 runs for the first time and was tied for the NL lead. He set then-career highs for doubles, homers, and steals. On September 20th against the Houston Astros, he had four hits and became the fifth NL player that century with five stolen bases in a single game. He finished third in hitting after leading for most of the season. He hit only 296 in September, and he regretted paying too much attention to Tim Raines and Steve Sachs, who were previously trailing him. Gwynn was honored for his defense with his first gold glove after leading the lead in total chances and putouts. His 19 outfield assists that year which were one short of the league high, were highlighted by the three Mets he threw out in one game. Despite his financial problems and bankruptcy in 1987, Gwynn remained unfazed on the field. In the Padres' home opener, Marvell Wine, Gwynn, and John Crook hit back-to-back-to-back homers to start the game for San Diego, the first time an MLB team had let off a game with three consecutive home runs. In June, he had 44 hits and 93 at-bats for a 473 average, the best month in his career. He finished fifth among NL outfielders voting for the All-Star game, which Padres manager Larry Boa called a joke. However, Gwynn wasn't surprised, saying, People put a premium on the home run hitters. I know what I am. I'm a contact hitter and not a home run hitter. I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. That year, Gwynn had two five-hit games, the first two of eight in his career. He won his second batting title that season after hitting 370. It was the highest average in the NL since Stan Musial hit 376 in 1948. You know what, Stan would be a good podcast subject. I'm going to write that down. He also stole 56 bases and became the first NL player to hit 370 and steal 50 bases. 
Although he only hit seven homers, Gwynn was second in the league with 26 intentional walks, which was indicative of the reverence for his hitting prowess. Fast forward to 1992, Gwynn met Hall of Famer Ted Williams, also a good podcast subject, for the first time during the 1992 All-Star Game. At the time, Gwynn considered himself to be an accomplished hitter, content to hit singles and doubles. Williams called Gwynn a big guy, capable of hitting for more power. He scolded Gwynn for using a toothpick for a bat. His encounter with Williams spurred him to think more about hitting, and he began to hit for more power. I've never been a home run guy, never been a big RBI guy, but from that point to the end of my career, I was much better at it, said Gwynn. 1994 was a year the media predicted that this season would be the season Gwynn would hit for 400, be the first player since Ted Williams in 1941. Gwynn was batting 383 at the All-Star break. However, talk of a strike by the Major League Baseball Players Association was looming, and he wanted to get to 400 before that date. He hit 423 over 28 games in the second half, and heated up to 475 through 10 games in August, when the season ended prematurely on August 11th due to the baseball strike. He was 6-for-9 in the last two games and 3-for-5 in the eventual finale, falling short of batting 400 by three hits. Although he missed batting 400 in 1994, he batted 403 during a 179 game stretch between July 3rd, 93, and May 9th of 1995. In April 97, Gwynn signed a three year contract extension for $12.6 million. That season, Gwynn reached career highs with 17 home runs and 119 RBIs. He batted 372 for his eighth batting title, second only to Ty Cobb. In 1998, Gwynn batted 321 and helped the Padres win a franchise record 98 games in their second pennant. The Padres reached the World Series in 1998 after defeating Houston and Atlanta in the playoffs. However, the Padres lost to the Yankees in a four game sweep. Despite Gwynn hitting 500 in the series, the rest of the team batted only 203. Gwynn hit a home run off the second deck vacate in the opening game at Yankee Stadium against pitcher David Wells, which he calls his favorite hit and highlight of his career. At the 1999 All-Star Game at Fenway Park in Boston, he escorted Williams to the mound and steadied his friend in throwing out the ceremonial first pitch. It was Gwynn's most memorable all-star moment in his career. Tony approached 3,000 hits later that year on the road, first playing in a series against the Cardinals. On August 4th, Gwynn collected three hits, including a grand slam, to reach 2,998, receiving a standing ovation from the St. Louis crowd after each hit. The following day, Gwynn collected hit number 2,999 in the same game that Cardinals' Mark McGuire hit his 500th home run. Tony got his 3,000th hit on August 6th with a single in the first inning off Montreal Expo pitcher Dan Smith. He had four hits in that game. He reached 3,000 in 2,284 games, the third fewest games among the 22 players to reach that mark behind Ty Cobb and Knapp Lazaway. But no player born after 1900 got there in fewer games or at-bats than Gwynn. June 28th of that year, he announced that he would retire at the end of the season, and subsequently received an ovation at each stadium the Padres visited. He was honored as a non-playing squad member at the 2001 All-Star Game. During the game, he and Cal Ripken, who had also announced his retirement nine days before Gwynn, were presented the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award by Commissioner Bugged Selig. Although he was limited to only 112 plate appearances, Gwynn finished the season with a 324 average his 19th consecutive season batting at least 300. In 
1997, SCSU's baseball facility was extensively renovated with $4 million from Padres owner John Morris. At Morris' request, the stadium was renamed Tony Gwynn Stadium. Gwynn was inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame in 2002, and the team retired his number 19 in 2004. In 2007, a 9.5-foot, 1,200-pound bronze statue of Gwynn was unveiled in the park just beyond Petco Park's outfield in an area named Tony Gwynn Plaza. The address of Petco Park is 19 Tony Gwynn Drive. In 2014, the Mountain West Conference, which used to be the WAC, renamed its Baseball Player of the Year Award to the Tony Gwynn Award. At the 2016 All-Star Game in San Diego, MLB announced that the annual winner of the NL batting title would be known henceforth as the Tony Gwynn National League batting champion. On January 9, 2007, Gwynn was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, being selected on 532 out of 545 ballots the seventh highest percentage in Hall of Fame voting history. He was inducted alongside Cal Ripken Jr. on July 29, 2007. Both were elected almost unanimously in their first year of eligibility. The Gwynn-Ripken induction weekend was notable for a number of attendance records, which were announced during the ceremony. 14,000 people visited the Hall of Fame Museum on July 28, a record number for a single day. The induction ceremony also had the greatest collection of Hall of Famers present, 53 of the 61 living members. A record crowd estimated at 75,000 attended the induction ceremony, shattering the previous record of 25,000 in 1999. Gwynn was a 15-time All-Star, voted 11 times by fans to be a starter. He accumulated 3,141 hits and a career batting average of 338 and hit 371 in two World Series. Gwynn was often lauded for his artistry at the plate and his Hall of Fame plaque refers to him as an artisan with a bat. The New York Times called him arguably the best pure hitter of his generation. Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox, against whom Gwynn had more hits than any other pitcher, called him the best pure hitter in the game, easily. He was also just the 10th player to retire with over 3,000 hits and 300 steals. Despite his fame, Gwynn was renowned for his dignity and modesty. He was honored for his character and humanitarianism with a 1995 Branch Rickey Award the 1998 Lou Gehrig Memorial Award, and the 1999 Roberto Clemente Award, which USA Today called baseball's triple crown of humanity and kindness. Tom Ferducci of Sports Illustrated called Quinn an ambassador not just for the game of baseball, but for mankind. Commissioner Bug Selig called Quinn the greatest Padre ever and one of the most accomplished hitters that our game has ever known, whose all-around excellence on the field was surpassed by his exuberant personality and genial disposition in life. In 2010, he was diagnosed with cancer of a salivary gland and had lymph nodes and tumors from the glands removed. During another round of cancer treatments in April 2014, a mishap occurred which Gwen lost oxygen and was barely able to move. He was sent to rehabilitation to learn how to walk again. On June 16, 2014, Tony Gwen died due to complications from his cancer. He was 54 years old. Public memorial service was held for Gwen at Petco Park on June 26, 2014. The service was attended by over 23,000 fans who heard tributes to Gwyn from baseball and civic leaders and from Gwyn's family. Gwyn will be remembered as one of the greatest contact hitters of all time. His 338 career average is the highest of any player who began his career after World War II and ranks 17th all time. Thanks for listening to the Sports with Luke podcast, and a special thanks to Chad Christopher for suggesting Tony Gwynn. Have a player you'd like to be the next subject? Let me know on Twitter and Instagram at Majerus underscore Luke. 
keep an eye out for next week's episode where we talk about the splendid splinter, Ted Williams. <laughs>